Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Now, I have given up everything else, which I knew to be the only way to really know Christ. I haven't learned all I should, but I keep working towards the day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. 2020, knowing him more and more, knowing me. Welcome to your Carl House and now, a senior pastor, Reverend Gilbert Osei. Feeling that so strong in my spirit to teach about or re-emphasize assurance of salvation, assurance of salvation. So this evening, maybe I'll do I'll do two topics, but for now, the first one is assurance of salvation. In a very short while, we'll just emphasize. I've said that emphasis is good for clarity. And never think you know when you do that you make a big mistake it's a bad attitude for learning so we are dealing with assurance of salvation assurance of salvation it's a very important point okay I begin so first point assurance of salvation is the cross of the gospel Assurance of salvation is the cross of salvation. Cross is C-R-U-X. That is the decision or most important point when it comes to salvation. Assurance of salvation is the most important point when it comes to Salvation, assurance of salvation is the most important point when it comes to dealing with the subject of salvation. When it comes to the subject of salvation, the most important of it is the assurance of salvation. It's very key. Please don't forget this. Next point. So assurance of salvation is not like a passive thought. Assurance of salvation is not like a passive thought. Or something is like making it to look like the topping of an ice cream. Assurance of salvation is critical to the gospel. Assurance of salvation is critical to the gospel. Assurance of salvation is critical to the gospel. It is the cross of salvation. It is not a passive thought. It is not like the topping of an ice cream. You know, the topping of an ice cream is not the ice cream. It's just the topping. It is beautifying. Or yet the manager, flavor. No. That's why I said the next point is that assurance of salvation is, a, is critical to the gospel. The fact that the salvation that Jesus provides has assurance, it is critical to the gospel we preach. So you can't preach a gospel that provides salvation that you are not sure because we don't preach a gospel that provides a salvation that has no guarantees. A gospel that has no guarantee, that's not the one we preach. Next point, very important point, write it in capital. Any gospel that depends on what you do, any gospel that depends on what you do 
or what you don't do is not the gospel of Christ. Very, very important. Any gospel that depends on what you do or what you don't do is never the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Very important that you should never forget. When the gospel, the moment the gospel becomes you, it is not the one that Jesus presents. The moment the gospel is about you, it is not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. There can be other gospels, like Paul said to the Galatians church, you are so soon removed from the gospel that you were preached to, to another gospel. So there are other gospels, and I'm sure the other gospels depend on what you do or what you don't do. But the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is not about you. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is not about you. Let's look at the gospel that Jesus taught. Jesus taught the gospel that his gospel as having eternal life. That the gospel that he, Jesus, presents, it have eternal life. So any gospel you hear that does not provide eternal life is not the gospel of Christ. The gospel Jesus came to present to the world, it contains eternal life. It has eternal life. So any gospel you receive, that eternal life is not part of the package, is not the gospel of Christ. Any gospel you receive, that eternal life is a reward you attain, a prize you get, a crowning, it's not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Very important. John chapter 3, verse 15. John chapter 3, the verse number 15. John chapter 3, verse 15. That whosoever believeth in him that should not perish. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But have eternal life. But have eternal life. So the gospel that Jesus presents, when that gospel is delivered to you, it is delivered to you as having eternal life. Having eternal life. This is how Jesus taught. What he is presenting, it contains eternal life. So the moment the gospel you are receiving, eternal life is not in it, but it's something after you get the gospel, you have to go and look for it is not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 3, verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. So when you believe on the Son, you have. The moment you believe, at the point of entry, you receive. Please read that scripture again. John 3, 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth on the Son. The moment you believe it, don't forget we are still in John 3, when he started by saying, believe who have, and then at the end of this chapter, he talks to you that when you believe on the Son, you have. So the moment I believe, I have. You are not prayed into you are not taken into, you are not led into, there are no steps to having it. The moment you believe, you have. John chapter 10, verse 28, and then John 17, 1 and 2. John chapter 10, verse 28. John chapter 10, verse 28. And I unto them eternal life. And I give unto them eternal, eternal life. life. And they shall never perish. And they shall what? Never, never perish. So he gives eternal life and then he promises that you will never perish. You will never. 
You know, a lot of us, when we read, we don't pay attention. If you are paying attention to what Jesus is teaching this rule, Pastor Chris taught me that anytime you read the Bible, see yourself as an audience of what was being said. So imagine all of us sitting here and you were sitting in Jesus' teaching. Jesus is the one teaching. And whilst he's teaching, he's telling you that I give my sheep eternal life. Anybody that will come to me, I give them eternal life. And when I give them eternal life, they will never perish. Do you think they will leave Jesus' meeting with a doubt? It doesn't matter who they will go and meet on the road. You see, our problem is that when a pastor is preaching, like your pastor is teaching, do you see yourself as a congregation in the time the thing was said? You won't really understand the thing very well. See your pastor as representing Jesus. So whatever I'm telling you is what Jesus said. I am not saying my words. I'm just repeating what Jesus said. So it is just as powerful as Jesus himself sitting in front of you and telling you, look, when you come and believe me, when you come and believe me, when I die and I resurrect, anybody that believes me, I will give them eternal life. And when I give them eternal life, they will never perish. Would you leave that meeting and somebody, you meet another pastor who may have not read the Bible very well, telling you that, do you think if you are born again, you are again? And then after what Jesus said, you have put what Jesus told you to listen to somebody who the Bible is not for you. He didn't write the Bible. These are the real words of Jesus himself. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Continue. Neither shall any man pluck them out Neither of my hands. Neither shall any man pluck out of my hands. So look at the assurance that Jesus is giving. John chapter 10, reading from verse 25. Start from verse 10. John chapter 10, reading from verse number 10. Mm-hmm. The thief cometh not but the thief for cometh to steal. Not, but for to steal. And to kill and to destroy. And to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might but have life. I am come that they may that have they might life have life. And have it. And that they might have it more abundantly. Pause a second. When Jesus is speaking and you are there, you will never think he's talking about people have turned it abundant life as prosperity, money. No, 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 no. We won't put our mind into the words. I don't even want to tell you what it means in the Greek. Forget the Greek. Jesus says, The thief cometh not to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that ye might have life, and that you have life more abundantly. Let's assume abundantly means cars, whatever it is. But we have said that the scriptures interpret themselves. So we, you see, the Bible was never written in chapters and verses. So if you were sitting there and Jesus was talking, Jesus will never talk in chapters and verses. Jesus only talks, he's preaching. I don't preach in chapters and verses. Jesus is teaching. So you sit from verse 1, verse 10, verse 20. You go, you stand up and go, you will listen. So in verse 25, after he has said, that the thief comes to still kill and to destroy. I have come that you have life and that you have the life in abundance. You continue listening to the sermon. What does he say? 25. Verse 25. Jesus answered them, huh? I told you, and ye believe not. I told you, and that, ye believe not. That the words that I do in my father's name, in my they father's bear name. Of me. They bear witness of me. But ye believed, ye believe not. But you don't believe me. Eh? Because ye are not my sheep, mm-hmm. as I said to you. Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. You are not getting me because you are not my sheep. But my sheep, they hear my voice. And I know them. And I and know my sheep. And my sheep will follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. I give unto them. So he said life abundantly. 
Now he says, I give unto them eternal life. So the first life he said, he's explained the life abandoned by saying it is an eternal life. Eh? And they shall never perish. That is eternal life is that you don't perish. He says, and I give them eternal life. Then there is an end. Eternal life and Kai, which is you will never perish. Eternal life and they will never perish. I give them eternal life. And eternal life interprets as you will not perish. So I say they shall not die, but have everlasting life, an ending life, an unending life. Continue. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Neither shall any man, look at the assurances of the salvation. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hands. Verse 29. My father which gave them me. My father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. I and my father are what? We are one. One. It's very important. Look at how James teaches our salvation. Before we get to James, let's look at how Jesus teaches it as eternal life. Paul teaches it as in him, sealed in his spirit forever. So Paul teaches it as in him. Ephesians 1, 11, Ephesians 3, 12, Romans 3, 26, Ephesians 1, 11, Ephesians 3, 12. This is how Paul teaches assurance of salvation. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 11. Mm-hmm. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Mm-hmm. Being predestinated in him also we have what obtained an inheritance. So Paul teaches salvation as in him. So Jesus teaches salvation as having eternal life, a never-ending life, and a life that you will never perish, that no man can plug you out of his hands. Then Paul teaches the assurance of salvation as in him. We are in him. And he says, in him we have what? Obtained an inheritance. We have obtained an inheritance. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things. Oh, Jesus. He says, when you are in Jesus, you have obtained an inheritance, which is a predestination to what? According to the purpose of him who worketh all things. After according the to of the purpose of him who worked all things according to the counsel of his own will. So God has a will, and when you are saved and you are in him, he worked that you will be what he wants you to That is why I started by telling you that Christianity is not to do with what you do or what you haven't done. That the moment you get saved, what you have... It has been predestined. You have been predestined to be a son of God. So it is not your action that makes you a son of God. It is a predestination. God has planned ahead that when somebody believes, the person automatically is my son. When somebody believes, the person is automatically holy. When somebody believes, the person automatically... So there are things that have been given to the believer automatically by inheritance continue verse 12 and then 13. verse 12 that we should be to the praise of his glory please can you start chapter 1 reading from verse 11. in whom also we have obtained an inheritance in jesus also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him we have been predestinated according to the purpose of him. So there is a purpose of God, and he has predestinated us to that purpose. Mm-hmm. Who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. 
who worked all things after the counsel of his own will. That we should be to the praise of his glory. That we should, what he has done, is to bring praise to his glory. Who first trusted in Christ. Who first, uh, anybody that trusted in Christ, you have been made to bring praise to his glory. 13, 13. In whom ye also trusted. In whom ye also trusted. After that, ye heard the word of truth. Have you seen that the, the trusted gospel is, of your salvation? Hold on, the trusted is italicized. It means it's not in the original manuscript. So read it without the trusted. In whom ye also. After that, after ye heard the word of truth. So after you heard the word of truth, which is the gospel the, of your salvation. In whom also, after that ye believed. Uh -huh. Ye were sealed with ye that were Holy Spirit sealed of promise. with that Holy Spirit of promise. Which is the earnest of your inheritance. No, it's okay. And so, you were also sealed. Next point. You were also sealed. So, assurances of salvation. Paul teaches the sealing of the Holy Ghost. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Or the Holy Ghost of promise. It's a seal upon every believer. So there are certain things, it's an assurance. The Holy Spirit is a seal on your life. The Holy Spirit is not something you pray to come. The Holy Spirit is not something you beg to stay with you. It is rather the seal on your salvation. He sealed you with the Holy Spirit of promise. You can also write Romans chapter 3, verse 26, Romans 6, 4. Romans 3, 26, Romans 6, 4. Let's do the two. Like too many scriptures. Romans chapter 3, verse 26. Mm -hmm. To declare, I say, at this to time, declare, his righteousness. I say, at this time, his righteousness. That he might be just. That he, God, might be just. And the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Of him which believeth in Jesus. Meaning, the moment you believe in Jesus, you, you are declared justified. That is, you are declared without fault. The moment you believe, you trust the gospel, the moment you believe the gospel, you are declared just, without guilt. You are declared righteous. So, there are things that are assurances of our salvation. That being declared a righteous person, being known as God's righteousness, it is not about you. It is he who declared you so. Romans 6, 4. Romans chapter 6, the verse number 4. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we are buried with him. Therefore, we are buried with him. By baptism into death. By baptism into death. That's like as Christ was raised up from the dead. Mm-hmm. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, by the glory of so the Father, also should walk in newness of life. We should walk in newness of life. Come again. Verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, for if we, we have shall been planted in the likeness of his death, we shall what? Be also in the likeness of his resurrection. We shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Romans 8 37. Romans 8 37. Romans chapter 8, verse number 37. Romans 8 37. Nay, in all these things, nay, we are more in than all these things, we are what? More than conquerors. Continue. Through him that loved us. Through him, we are talking about Paul teaching salvation as being in him. So you are more than a conqueror through him, not by you. He didn't say you are more than a conqueror because you prayed, you fasted 14 days because of your prayer. By virtue of my prayer, as I went to Aksham Mountains, holding the horns of heaven, Christianity is never like that. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. How did God demonstrate his love? By giving Jesus to us. So what makes you a conqueror is because Jesus died for you. 
the death of Jesus is what makes a believer a conqueror. The death of Jesus and his resurrection is what makes the believer a conqueror through him who loved us. The love of God is seen in his giving of Jesus. God commended his love towards us that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it flows that pattern. The love of God is in the giving of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1 5. Then we go to the next point. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. Mm-hmm. That in everything you that are enriched by Him. You are what? Enriched by who? By Him. By Him. That in everything concerning the believer's life, your enrichment is by Him. In everything, the believer. You are enriched by Him. Christianity is not about you. Christianity is about Him. That in everything, that is our strength is not on us. Our capacity, capability is never on us. It's on Him. You don't get saved to depend on yourself. You don't get saved to depend on yourself. You don't get saved to depend on yourself. Look at how James also teaches it. James chapter 1, verse 17. Let's look at James. He starts from 16. Look at how James teaches our assurance of salvation. James chapter 1, reading from verse 16. Uh Uh-huh. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Do not err, my beloved brother. Do not make an error. Meaning there is a probability that you will err. You will misunderstand some things. What should we not misunderstand what should we not air uh, continue every good gift every good every gift, perfect gift and every perfect gift is from above is from above and cometh down from the father of lights when you hear every good every perfect you think everything in this world so when you see your baby when you see your car no 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 the scriptures explains itself what is the every good thing and every perfect gift that is coming from above and coming down from the father of light it coming down from the father of light with whom there is no variableness neither shadow of his own will be this is the Every good gift, the one that has no changing of mind. God does not give somebody uh, a China model and gives another one an Italian model. No, there is no variation in salvation. Of his own free will, as he what? Begat, begat he us with the word of truth. So what gave birth to you at salvation is that very good and perfect gift that has no changing, no variableness, neither shadow of what? Turning. So salvation that you receive, it has no turning. Every good is a good gift. It is a perfect gift. And it didn't come from you. It came from God, the Father of light. Charlie Kagim. 1617. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Don't make an error that people are erring. Uh-huh. Every good gift and every perfect every gift. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It's from above. So, students of the Bible, we have learned that the moment you hear every, you don't jump and think that every is everything outside of you. No. Scriptures can never mean today what it never meant the day just written. So what is the every good thing and perfect gift that cometh from the God? Then now he's describing the giver. Yeah, I mean, the next thing he's going to do, James, is to describe the giver of the gift. 
And what does he say about the giver of the gift? He says what? And cometh down from the Father of light. So with, the with, giver, with watch, 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 Stephen, follow me. The giver of the gift that is good and perfect, that is complete, the giver of the gift that is good and perfect and is complete is the father of life with whom is no variableness. So the person giving you this gift you are going to receive, with him there is no swaying, there is no change of mind. There is no, this one I'm not sure, there is no this gift is... I'm testing you if you pass a certain test. There is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He does not change his mind. When you are saved, God does not change his mind. Continue. This is the nature of the giver of the gift. Uh -huh. Of his own will, he says he that. Asks. Oh, I do Steam, steam, steam. Of his own will. That means God was not under duress. The salvation that God gave to man was from his own free will. So the standards, conditions, package of salvation, God was not drunk when he was doing it. He was not forced. Salvation is nobody's prayer point. That is why we completely say salvation is the sole work of God. Of his own free will. Has he begot ye us? With the word of truth. And what gave back to you was the word of with the word of truth continue. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So when he gave back to us. His purpose, his intention, was that we become a first fruit. Please read that first fruit line again. That we should be a kind of first fruits of we his creatures. We should be a kind of creature, which is a first fruit. First fruit, oh, first fruit is not the one people have been paying. It signifies newness. So the, the, the new creation has never existed before. It's a different kind of species. It was of his own free will. He gave birth to this kind, this new species of people. With nobody forcing him. With no variableness, neither shadow of turning. This is James's description. Of the salvation we received. The assurance of that salvation. Is that the God who gave that salvation. There is no turning with him. There is no variableness. And it was of his own free will. He begat us. He gave birth to us. You didn't give birth to yourself. You didn't give your life to Jesus. No child gives birth to himself. Of his own free will, he gave birth to us with what? The word of truth. The gospel is not your message. He came to preach the message. So you come to of his free will. Let me how Peter also puts it. First Peter chapter 20, chapter 1, verse 23. First Peter chapter 1, verse mm -hmm. 23. Being he says, when again. it comes to your salvation. Being born again. Uh -huh. Not of corruptible he seed. He says, your born again was not of a corruptible seed. But of incorruptible. But you were given birth to by an incorruptible seed. By the word of God. Which is the word of God. Which liveth and abideth forever. Oh, Eradi. Christian, believer hearing me, that which gave birth to you liveth forever. 
So I am. We are talking about the assurance of your salvation. Please read it again, Malinkomu. I said some scriptures we have read. We have not paid attention to the detailing of the words. So we read it again. First Peter one twenty three. So being mm -hmm. born again. He says, when you say born again, it's salvation. When you got saved, when God gave not, birth to you. Not of corruptible seed. You were not giving birth to a corruptible, something that can corrupt. It is not but a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible. By the word of God. Which is the word of God. So the word of God gave birth to you. So he's then coming to tell you the component of, well, let me use the right word, the sperm that gave birth to you is incorruptible. And it lived what? And abided forever. It lived and abided forever. So if the sperm that gave birth to you lives and abides forever, how can you perish? So consistently, there is assurance of salvation throughout the scriptures. Consistently. Consistently. Assurance of the salvation you have received. Consistently. John in his epistles says, he himself keeps you and gives you eternal life. Let's look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 2. 1 John chapter 1, verse 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 25. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. 1 John 1, 2. 1 John 1, 2, 25. 1 John 5, 11. 1 John chapter 1, verse 2. Mm -hmm. Life was manifested. He said what? The life was manifested. The life was manifested. And we have seen it. Please start from verse 1. First John 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, mm -hmm. which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the father that eternal life which was with the father and manifested unto us manifested unto us eh? verse 3 that which we have seen and heard so declare we that unto life you. that was in christ which was eternal life has been manifested unto us. It has been given to us. John says it has been given to us. The life that initiated this whole thing, it is a, an eternal life. And that eternal life has been manifested and given to us. Next chapter, next chapter, chapter 2, 25. 1 John chapter 2, verse 25. Mm -hmm. And this is the promise that he has promised us. And this is the promise that he has promised us. Even eternal life. Even eternal life. This is the promise that he has promised us. Even eternal life. First John 5, 11. First John chapter 5, verse number 11 mm. and this is the record and this is the record that god has given to us eternal life not god is now going to give to us not when you try to do what is good god will look at your good and when your good is more than your bad then he will give to you eternal life not when you pray more you so see he says this is the record that God has given to us. Grammar. Not is going to give to us. Not will give to us in the future. He has already given to us. So any believer 
has already received eternal life. And to back into what Jesus said, you will not perish. Uh -huh. Continue, please. That God has given to us eternal life. Uh -huh. And this life is in his son. And this eternal life that we have received, it is because it's in the son. And because you are in the son, and the son is in you, you have eternal life. Continue. He that has the son has Anybody life. Anybody that has the son, you have life. Don't forget that the life of the son is eternal life. His life is life, but the moment it comes to you, it turns into eternal life. I'll take it again. Don't miss this. When the life is with Christ or with God, it's called life. The moment it comes to a human being, it is called eternal life. Why? Because God does not live in time. We live in time. So God is the life. When you receive it, you have received eternal life. It simply means God's life is, is life eternal. He it doesn't receive it. That is his life. You are having the ability to die. That's why you receive eternal life. But God, this was the life that was presented to Adam in Genesis that he never took. Adam never got life when he was created. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. I just want to show you, Adam never received the life of God. God presented to him life, and he refused life, and he chose to disobey God. So when he disobeyed God, his disobedience is what Moses described as eating of the fruit of, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There was the, the tree of life, but Adam didn't take it. If Adam had taken the life that God was giving him, that was the life of God which was presented to Adam in the form of the gospel he didn't receive. So he decided to take of the knowledge of good and evil. So after he had made his choice, look at what God said in chapter 3, verse 17. Genesis 3, verse 17. And unto Adam... Oh, sorry, said, 22. Sorry, 22 I said. Forgive me. 22. Gen 22. Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. Mm -hmm. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Mm, and eat forever. So what did God say? 23. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. 24. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So Adam never got that life. That is why that life is now presented to us in Christ. So the dead in sin Adam needed to be born again, needed to, to receive the gospel again, if we receive the gospel, then we receive the life of Christ. When we receive the gospel, then we receive that life of Christ. So the life, this life is in the Son. So this is the record. Take it again. First John 5, 11 to 12. Mm -hmm. First John chapter 5, verse 11 to 12. And this is the record. And this is the record. That, that God has given to us eternal life. That God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. And this life is in the son. He that has the son has life. He that has the son has life. And he that has not the son of Anybody God has not Anybody who doesn't life. have the son of God, you don't have life. Eh? Continue. These things have I written unto you that These believe on the, the name I have of the Son of God. Unto you, all those who believe in the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that, 
that ye have eternal life. You have eternal life. And that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Is that clear? Yes, Let's sir. go to the next person who gives us assurance of salvation. His name is Jude. Jude says in Jude 24. Jude 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. And to and present, to present you, you. Oh my God. Uh-huh. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. With exceeding what? Joy. joy. With exceeding joy. So he's able to prevent you what? Preserve you from falling. He's able to keep you from falling. So Jude is also telling us that the package of salvation is guaranteed. It's not you. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Jesus has continued the verse, so we know it is him. Now unto him who is able to keep you from present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, to our, the only wise God our Savior. Who is your Savior? Jesus Christ. So the one who is presenting you faultless, the one who is keeping you, the one who is making sure you don't fall. I take it again. The one who is making sure, the one who has the right to make sure you don't fall. The one who has the right to keep you. The one who has the right to keep you from falling. The one who has the right to present you faultless is your savior. So in the package of salvage, in the assurance of salvation, the person who is responsible for me not falling, for me not being blameless, my sinlessness is not in my hands. Keep me from falling. And then the one who has the license to present me on that day, and is going to present me faultless, blameless, perfect, is my Savior Jesus. Every believer must know this. That the package of salvation we received has assurances attached to it. Let's look at what the Hebrew writer also said. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9. What does he also say about the salvation we received? Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9. Mm. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation and being made perfect, he became the author of what? Eternal salvation. Eternal salvation. Unto all them that obey him. Unto all them that obey him. Jesus became the one who brought eternal salvation. The author, the originator. The origin of your eternity is Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12. And then Hebrews 9 15. Hebrews 9 12. Hebrews 9 15. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12. Mm -hmm. Neither by the blood of goats and calves. Neither by the by blood of what? Goats and calves. Mm -hmm. But by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, oh. having obtained eternal redemption for us. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. Verse 15. Mm -hmm. And for this cause. And for this cause. He is the mediator of the New Testament. He is the mediator of the what? New Testament. The New Testament. That by means of death, for the redemption that by means of, of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Might receive the promise of what? 
eternal, eternal inheritance. So you can see that the assurances of our salvation is eternal and everything is done by him, not by you. The assurance of your salvation is never placed on you, but rather the giver of the salvation. Let's look at what the Revelation writer, John the Revelation, what does he say? Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness mm. and the first begotten of the dead. And the first begotten of the dead. Uh-huh. And the prince of the kings of the earth. Mm-hmm. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He washed us from our sins in his own blood. Hey. He washed us from our sin in his own blood. He washed us from our sins in his own blood. Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. Revelations chapter 12, the verse number 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And they overcame him. They overcame. Not they will overcome. They overcame him. By what? The blood, the blood of, the, of lamb, the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. Which is, and Kai, which is the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. And they loved not their life unto the death. So you became an overcomer because of the blood of Jesus. Nothing about you. Nothing about me. Hallelujah. Praise God. We'll take the next point. I'll be wrapping up today. I didn't want to take two hours of your time. Halfway through my message. Next point. Assurance of salvation is not the top up. It is the core of the gospel. Assurance of salvation isn't the top up. It is the core of the gospel. Assurance of salvation isn't the top up. It is the core of the gospel we preach. When you remove it, we have no Christ. We have no spirit. We have no father. We have no salvation. And we have no savior. I'll take it again. Assurance of salvation isn't a top up. It is the core of the gospel. The assurance of salvation is the core of the gospel. When you remove assurance of salvation from the gospel, there will be no Christ because Christ is the guarantee of salvation. There will be no spirit because the spirit is what we are sealed with in our salvation. There will be no father because he gives the son to save. There will be no salvation at all or a savior, but only you. I'll take it for the last time. Assurance of salvation isn't the top up. It is the call of the gospel we preach. When you remove assurance of salvation from the gospel, we have no Christ there. Because Christ is the one who works the salvation. We will have no spirit. Because the spirit is what we are seeing with. We will have no father. Because he gives his son. We will have no salvation at all. If there is no assurance of salvation. Then there is no salvation at all. Because you can lose it. And then there will be no savior at all. Because you will be left to yourself. To save yourself. That's why. Assurance of salvation is the call of the gospel. When you remove all these, then you are left on your own. You have to save yourself, seal yourself, give yourself eternal life. Now, in, in my ending uh, sessions, I want to say this. Some claim that they believe in salvation, having an eternal assurance, yet they don't want to stress it. For them, they think it's controversial. I've had this several times, people saying, 
all manner of interesting things. When you say like that, are you saying people should go and sin? Is the salvation for you? Are you wiser than God? Are you the one who died? The moment you speak like, listen, if you don't, if you don't preach assurance of salvation, you are lying about salvation. It simply means you don't believe it. Because what you believe is what you preach. If you believe in assurance of salvation, you preach it at the top of your voice. You tell the whole world. It is not to be inferred. It is not to be implied. It is to be expressed. It is, it is to be direct. You should be vocal. You should point it out to people when you preach to them. That we believe in eternal salvation. That is what Yakar stands for. It doesn't matter who is saying otherwise. The scriptures cannot be broken. The scriptures don't lie. So you preach it as it is, irrespective of people's feeling. We don't preach by feeling. We preach the scriptures. You are not the one who is keeping people's salvation. So why are you then assuming? What if, if you tell them they will live anyhow? He says now to him who is able to keep them from falling. Are you Jesus? You are not Jesus. Preach the message and go home. Don't be a neutral in the gospel. Don't say, I am not sure. When you are not sure, people, you are doing, you are doing injustice to the gospel. Preach the word. Even if no one believes, even if people are doubting, are you sure? Preach what you believe. It is a message of faith. We don't only preach what people like. We don't only preach what people believe. We preach what the scriptures are. Thank God for their belief system. But we preach what the scriptures say. It is a message of faith. And people will believe it when we keep preaching it. Preach it raw. Don't massage the gospel. Hear me and hear me good. Write this last point in capital. A true message of the gospel must be assuring from the Savior. A true message of the gospel must be assuring from the Savior. A true message of the gospel must be assuring from the Savior, signed and sealed, saying, all is in my hands. Hallelujah. A true message of the gospel must be assuring from the Savior. Tell people the Savior says he's got your back. No man can plug you from his hand. You will never perish. So a true message of the gospel must be assuring from the Savior. Signed and sealed. And it has this headline. Is all in my hands. Yes, to see me now, all in my hands. I've got you. I got you covered. A true message of the gospel is assuring. Ah, sister, I've never heard somebody preach the gospel like this. This is what the true gospel does to people. I never knew it. It is assuring. So when you preach the gospel, you are assuring people of what Christ has done. Tell them the Savior has done it all. It is not in their hands. It is not their work. He didn't do an uncompleted work for you to come and continue. But he didn't finish. So he's left with you. God has got your back. Your protection, he's got your back. You're here and he's got your back. He's got your back in all things. Just know that. God has got your back. Can we say this three times? That God has got my back. God has got my back. God has got my back. 
God, my salvation is in his hands. My security, my eternity is in his hands. My assurance of salvation. This was a message from the General Overseer of Yakal House, Reverend Gilbert Osei. We are available anytime for prayer, support, and counseling. Please don't hesitate to call us on 0544 600 600. That's 0544 600 600. We love you. And there's nothing you can do about it.